Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's episode 26 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your host, Chad Bitten, Colin Bluin, and Rich Howe. And everyone watching, I'm going to need you all to throw some good vibes our way as we navigate through episode 26 because, man, this might be one of the toughest episodes we've had in store for us. How are you guys doing tonight, though, all things considered? Doing uh, good. Good, all things considered. Our beards are safe. You know, there's that. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think they were ever in any danger at all. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's talk about doing a, a reverse bet. We have to keep growing our beards and not trim them until the Preds <laughs> do win five in a row. <laughs> I think we would all – I mean – I don't know if I could do that one just because I got, I'm I'm technically you know actually getting married on the third. So we would have a to... we would have a new uh, we'd have a new duck dynasty um, <laughs> uh, reputation <laughs> there because it would the be a while for five in a row. All right, we're gonna, we're going to keep that we're going to we're going to keep that bet away. We're not going to go that we're not going to go that far. That that's not going to end well for any of us. All right, so you're watching episode 26 of Catfish and Ice podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. March Madness is in full effect, so we're. Definitely urging all of our listeners to go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN and bet on an underdog. That's the deal we got for you going right now. If you're a new user signing up, is you can bet on any underdog of your choice uh, in March Madness. And if that underdog wins in any of these conference tournaments, you can turn $4 bet into $256. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And so Selection Sunday is coming up for the March Madness bracket. So even if you're not a college basketball fan, everyone loves March Madness. It's always excited to get those brackets out, fill them out, pick your underdogs, so go do the DraftKings Sportsbook app deal there with promo code THPN and pick some of your underdogs for these conference tournaments. I'm a big Vanderbilt Commodores fan, lifelong, so I know what heartbreak feels like, trust me. <laughs> so watching the Preds, really, I'm like, I'm trained for this. Like, I've been dealing with this my entire life as a sports fan. It's the Stackhouse era, man. It is the Stackhouse era, and I actually <laughs> like what I saw from Vandy. They uh, they lost today to Florida, but they really put up a good effort, and I was it was – it was tough to see them lose, but they they did win their first tournament game in like three years, so that was cool. So, uh, so I know the Kentucky Wildcats also got knocked out. So Big Blue Nation didn't get a very long stay in Nashville this time around. So uh, Card, yeah, Card Nation, Card yeah. Nation got beat yeah. by Duke, and then Duke got a positive test. So wow, yeah. So this just is, cra- is rough. <laughs> crazy stuff going on. But let, let's let's shift gears back to hockey here and uh, let you know what we got on tap for episode twenty six tonight of Catfish and Ice podcast. We're going to, of course, talk about the game as we always do. We always go live right after a Preds game if it's a game night. And we just got done watching a really – I want to call it like basically a taste of 
what a youth movement's going to look like. And there is going to be growing pains. There are going to be these nights where you're going up against a team that's just loaded on paper compared to what you got. So we got a taste of that tonight. We really did. So we're going to really talk about tonight's game in particular and what we just saw where the Preds fell 5-1 to one is the official final score on that sure. one. And but then we're also – Landry, yeah. Landry, the, my, our favorite German Shepherd in the chat said, "At least we got one goal." So hey, it's not a shutout. Silver lining. <laughs> it's not a shutout. Hey, I love silver lining. Thank you for bringing yeah. that positive yeah. positivity in there to the yeah. show, uh, Landry. We really appreciate that. Uh, I'll take sure. whatever you can get. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna get out our uh, we're gonna kind of get out our crystal balls, and we're gonna look into the 2021-22 season, which we are hoping is back to normal normalcy when it comes to the NHL. We already kind of saw Gary Bettman came out with a press conference recently and was talking about how he's gotten a lot of positive reaction and feedback with these two game sets. But at the same time, he also plans for the league to go back to, to the more traditional division schedule and in 21 in the 2021, 22 season. So we're going to kind of try to talk about what do we think this Preds team realistically is going to look like next season. We're going to talk about what the roster might look like, which players we think aren't going to be on this team, and what the expectations are going to be. Of course, we're way out from that. There's no way to completely predict that. But we're going to kind of like kick it around and kind of talk about that. We're going to talk about the huge deal that was just made between the NHL and ESPN. I mean, it's it's massive. The little kid in me was going crazy when I found this out because when I grew up watching NHL, I remember the theme music. I remember watching hockey, the NHL hockey on ESPN. So it's 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 some nostalgia for sure for a lot of us. So and it's great for the sport. And Colin has a uh, Colin has a lot of really good uh, details and information from one of his articles he wrote. So he's really going to give us a lot of really good details on the whole deal and what it means, both to the Preds and to the league as a whole. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be at the very end of the show. And then also, I can't leave out this segment we're going to talk about. Uh, since the Preds, we got to have a rooting interest. We still love hockey. We're going to keep watching hockey, even if the Preds get knocked out of contention. So we're going to toss around some teams that we can have a rooting interest in that are teams that we think, okay, we can cheer for this team uh, since the Preds are out of it most likely. So – uh, let's let's get into tonight's game. Five to one final score. It was hard to watch. Um, it was, but it was one of those games where it was so weird. You had a two minute and twenty something second stretch where the Preds went down three nothing in the first period, and they just they couldn't recover from that. It was just that one. It's just so the five one score is really like a three nothing little barrage that happened in the first period. Uh, so and then it, the Preds just couldn't muster up any offense. That's what I saw. It, it, they, it was so hard for them to get into that zone and break break past that Carolina defensive wall. Is kind of what I saw. Uh, what did you see, Colin, in tonight's game? Yeah, I mean it was definitely a struggle just to get things set up. I think that they showed a lot of uh, you know green, greenness, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like the, the young guys were just looking you know, like they haven't gotten their feet you know fully fully into it yet. And I think. There's flashes like that. You can see that there's talent there. It's just that they haven't gotten used to the speed of the game. I think is the biggest thing, and especially like when you're starting eight rookies against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like Carolina is a speed team. If you're gonna if you're gonna take your licks in terms of speed, that's the team that's gonna make you do it. And so, you know, the, the, it's a tough tough road for them. But I mean, they're getting invaluable experience. That's kind of we talked mm-hmm. about silver linings. Like you can't place you know value on the experience that these guys are getting, especially eight of them. I mean, the next one up is Alard, and we haven't even gotten into. Tom Osino speculation yet. So it's like 
there's a lot of guys that need to get their feet wet at the NHL level. And this, you know, it sucks to see it, you know, go down five, one, but it's going to help in the long run. As much as it sings now, it'll, it'll be less painful. Once these guys can get used to the speed, can take their talents that next level um, because they show it. I mean, I'm call me the optimist. It was not fun to watch tonight. Don't get me wrong. Don't, yeah. don't get it twisted. But um, you know, there are still flashes from these young guys that show they have potential. It's just that they mm-hmm. got to maximize it. And honestly, like, Tonight, it's weird. Tonight felt, you know, in terms of a losing effort, it still felt like I saw more effort from these young guys than I do some, from some of the veterans sometimes. There wasn't there wasn't quit as bad as it was. Like, they still showed their – They definitely didn't hard quit. Play hard. No, no, so. no one can accuse this team of quitting tonight. There was no quitting yeah. that team. That's a big reason why you saw that final goal get scored. It, yeah. uh, when the Preds did score is they were still – uh, relentlessly forechecking, and they were in there, and you had—that's very commendable. That's very commendable. Oh yeah. Um, and so I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Uh, Nick Cousins got the goal, and it was on a turnover. It was on a takeaway, basically from uh, Matias Ekholm, and he got it over to Cousins, and Cousins just threw it at the net, and it went in. Uh, you had Rem Pitlick, a screening. Uh, so Pitlick could have easily tipped that in where he was yeah. at. He mm-hmm. was positioned like a veteran out there in front of the net. So you definitely have to applaud the team for not giving up, not packing it in. Uh, that's that's invaluable learning experience for those young players. I know Chris Mason on the broadcast uh, brought that point up about how this is invaluable experience for these young players. So there is something to take away from this game, even in a 5-1 loss. So we're being positive here. I like it. I'm liking yeah. these positive. We're finding the silver lining, and I like it. Uh, Rich <clears> – <throat> Rich, give it, give us some of your thoughts, just or your takeaways after after what you saw, or and yeah. just how you feeling about it. So I didn't get to watch the first two periods, but I was checking my phone, and I know that I looked once, and it was nothing to nothing. And I was, oh, that's mm. good, zero zero. And then <laughs> that's I checked, good. Then I checked a little bit later, and it was like three nothing, and I was like, well, that escalated quickly. I mean, that's <laughs> just, uh, I I don't know. I knew that with so many injuries that this was going to happen. My main complaint is. Why start Pecorino? That was the the whole the whole complaint about the whole night. I'm like, I know Cascasillo's only had one start. Pecorino's played like five games in a row. Give the man the night off. You know, there's a lot of players out. It's probably going to be a rough night. Like Cascasillo start. Yeah, yeah, and you got Tampa Bay coming up, and that's you know, that was my biggest complaint. The and then I did get to see the goal and then the ending or whatever, but it's just and not only. Not only did they not start him, which, you know, I guess you can kind of go both sides of the coin on that. Maybe there are some people out there who think that the Preds can somehow still get some type of a hot streak and and make it competitive and maybe make things interesting. And so they think, oh, we got to start Pekka because he gives us the best chance to win. There's that small probably crowd out there that still feels that way. But even if you do make that argument, how do you Mm -hmm. not put Cascasuo in Earlier, once it gets to three nothing, because when it's at three nothing, it's like, come on, you really think the Preds are going to score three goals at that point? I mean, I mean, yeah. it's just why not yeah. put him in and see what you have in Cascasu? I don't understand what they're hiding him from. And yeah. when they finally you know? did, he didn't look bad. I mean, it, it was, yeah. I don't think the I don't think the outcome really would have been much different than what we saw tonight. So, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, and of course, at that point, Carolina's got their foot off the gas. I mean, they're not oh, yeah. they're not playing their normal style. Carolina's a very aggressive team. They're so mm-hmm. fast. They have so much speed, um, and they're very, they're very, very methodical in how they set up their offensive zone rushes. I mean, they are yeah. just, they are such a dangerous team. That's why I picked them to win the Central Division to begin with. Yep. But it's a three horse race between them, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Which 
Ding, ding, ding. That's the three teams the Preds are playing right now in this stretch. So it just works oh out gosh. beautifully for the Preds. Um, oh, but, big, uh, yeah. big, big Ten Durham in the comments section asked us what our thoughts on Joey's interview during the second intermission was. Um, it, it was interesting to hear him say – I mean, he just sounds frustrated. Like, you know, he's, he's been on these successful teams uh, pretty much since he got to Nashville. Even that one year that was off, the, you know, the 2016 and then 2017, mm-hmm. you know, he was on, on some off teams, but they were always competitive and they always felt like you had, you had the chance and they were in that middle of that playoff run. This team is – I'm going to go ahead and say it now. This team's not a playoff team. Like, <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they squeak in by divine miracle, I will enjoy the ride while it lasts, but – you just sense that frustration because he's been used to success for so long. He's not used to playing for a team that's not gonna not gonna be in that position. And so, you know, the second intermission interview was kind of like you know he's calling the team out for some valid things, but you just heard the frustration. And Very similar to Brad Richardson's interview not too long yeah. ago when he used mm-hmm. the term "soft." Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. These yeah. players, these players are very unfiltered right now, and you love to see it. And speaking to that question about Johansson's interview. Another thing about Johansson is he's had a personally speaking, that dude's had a very frustrating, um, not just this season but this last yeah. season too. I mean, he, I mean he's been he's been through a lot, and these guys are humans, and they hear the outside noise, they hear the outside criticism as well. And Johansson's been one of those players alongside Duchesne, I would say those two are the most that have caught the most criticism for not playing up to their contracts. And I'm sure Johansson will come out and say, you know what, some of these some of these criticisms are fair because yeah. Johansson is an incredibly talented player. We've seen it. We know what what, what kind of talent Ryan yeah. Johansson has, and so it's actually refreshing to see that frustration from him in that interview. It's so refreshing to see that. Yeah, and we almost had a Yossi say a curse word on television. That was awesome. Yeah, after that win, <laughs> that was that was something I wanted to bring up about. You see that frustration, and now he's frustrated too. And usually he's pretty calm, but when he got that the 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 goal to win, um, nothing, no happiness on that face at all. He was mad. You know, he takes no pleasure in, in talking about the shootout, the shootout. The shootout, win. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah it was all business. It was all business. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I think he's just he's so upset, you know, and just wants to, them to play well, and just it, it was just. Seeing the the look on his face was just priceless. It was like it's very telling of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some other notes I, I just got from this game. It was the fifth straight start for Pecorine uh, tonight, and you know it didn't end well. He still made some really good saves tonight, but you know it's, it's well, and, and, and there were some weird bounces. The first yeah. goal that the Canes scored was like a pinball style goal. I mean, it was just like it bounced off like three or four different people or or, or sticks or something. It just I mean, it's just – you just can't buy a break there when it comes to that. And But one thing I will say is – and I might – this is going to be a take for me that maybe some people are going to disagree with, but I'm kind of sick of hearing this narrative of the Preds have all this bad luck. When are they going to get a bounce go their way? Good teams create their own luck. You create right. your own luck in hockey. And yeah. good teams like the, like the Carolina Hurricanes, that's what they did tonight. Did they get some very lucky bounces? Sure. But at the same time, the Preds got to start creating their own luck, and they're not doing that for a lot it's, of different reasons. And psychologically, yeah. it's as much as the momentum shift as anything else. Like you see, when you go up three goals, you, you have the wind at your back. 
I mean, if, if, if the Preds play, had scored... You play differently when you're up 3 nothing. Yeah, if the Preds had scored, you know, broken that up a little bit and maybe scored and went up 1-1, you know, tied at 1-1, or, you know, even after, like, the second goal, scored a goal, just make it 2-1. Like, that's a, it's a different outcome, potentially, just because they're still in it. They're still hanging in it, and it's within reach. When you go down 3-0 like they have before, done some other things, you know, it's just one of those things where it's hard to come back from that. You, you psych yourself out, no matter how hard they're playing, it's just like they mentally are in their own way. You see it in the offense, the way it doesn't get set up, the mm. way it's stagnant. So it's just it's it's a mental know, aspect of it too. I, I know Alexander Carrier had a, had some really good scoring chances early in the game. He was all over the place early on. Uh, yeah. The Preds opened up really solid. At, you know they were they were matching their intensity. It looked like they were carrying it over from uh, Tuesday's game, which was comp- Tuesday's game. We're not going to mm-hmm. get into Tuesday's game too deep. But I will say one thing about Tuesday's game was that game was just – the Preds owned most of that game. They did. They really yeah. did. And it was one of their most impressive showings of the season. Honestly, if you ask me, considering the opponent and considering all the missing players they had in mm-hmm. that game as well, one of the most impressive uh, games that the Preds have had. Unfortunately, in hockey, you can have a very impressive game and still lose. That's just how this sport works. And the Preds even had a chance to end it in overtime – Poor Victor Arvidsson. That dude, I don't know what he did to piss off the hockey gods, but he needs to ask for forgiveness (laughs) because these hockey gods are not letting him do anything right now. And he had the wide open net in overtime to beat the Canes. Imagine the the shift in thought process right now if the Preds win that game in overtime on Arvidsson's game-winning goal following up after beating the Dallas Stars, you know, in a shootout. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it might, that that's how close this team still is, even though they're facing so much adversity. Yeah, so, Arvidsson, thought he, Arvidsson thought he had that monkey off his back, but apparently he doesn't. And, and again tonight, again tonight he was snake-bitten. Like, the, yeah. you know, that that's the word we keep hearing with Arvidsson, and it's so true. This dude is snake-bitten. Mm. Yeah, so, he can't buy a goal at this point. It's, t- it's yeah. tough to watch. So um, – but I mean, let, let's just go over these injuries. It's just crazy. These injuries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had you know Roman Yossi's been on there. Ryan Ellis has been on there for a while. Brad Richardson's been on there, who's an important uh, penalty killer and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like Luke Cunning's been on there for a while. Uh, it's just like Don, Dante Fabro was suspended, rightfully so. We yeah. can kind of talk about that for a little bit. Um, he was he was out of the game, so you're missing. Mainly, mainly, you're taking your hit on your defensive core right now, and you're seeing it. When you play a team like Carolina, we shouldn't be shocked from the result tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're going up against an offensive juggernaut like Carolina, and you're missing – ended up being four of your top five defensemen because uh, Borowiecki left the game too, who's another yeah. critical shot blocker and gets your hits and gets the puck out of the zone. So, I, I mean, it's rookies, just – Eight rookies, eight. That's just it, crazy. It's insane. I saw six, but – I thought I saw six rookies, but either way, that's a high number. That was so six rookies is the first game against Carolina. Okay, we, so we did eight tonight because we had the wow. full that four that's fourth crazy. line was all rookies. I mean, it's but that insane. fourth line was huge though too. You can think about the size of Olivier Trenin, McCarron. Yeah. Like that was a big fourth line to throw out there. But yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just, it's a it's a fast learning curve too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know, Rich. How are you? Would well, let, let, let's kind of talk about this Dante Fabro hit because Fabro is a player that. You know, is very reserved. He's not a chippy, dirty player by any stretch of the imagination. He's the last player you would expect. You could, you, you could, you wouldn't be as shocked to see that from like Borowiecki. Not because Borowiecki's mm-hmm. a dirty player, but Borowiecki plays more of that type of a game. But seeing that from Dante Fabro, 
and it was it was completely a fair suspension. Two game suspension, considering yeah. his previous history, is clean. When I when it, when I saw it in slow motion, that's when I realized it was a pretty bad hit. Leaving yeah. the feet, yes, yeah, he, yeah. So when we watched it, um, I told my wife, I was like, he's probably going to get in trouble for that because <laughs> yeah. I know I know that like the way it, it looked really bad, and then when like you said when they slowed it down, it looked even worse. And I think like you said, because of his track record, that's probably why he didn't get suspended more. Because um, they so, go off precedence, they totally go off precedence. All you yeah. got to do is see what they did to Tom to, to Tom Wilson of the yeah. Capitals. So, yeah, seven games suspension. for him. Yeah. So, so and they're similar hits. It was very, very similar, similar hits. I don't. I don't think he, got, Yeah, I don't think he went in there with the intention of doing that. But it's I think. Man, I think. Well, <laughs> I think that there's honestly some bad blood between these teams, like between Carolina mm-hmm. and the Predators. Ever since that first game, it's they've all they've all been chippy games ever since, as far as when we played them. And I think that it's and we're it's sharing to a farm system. And we're sharing a farm system. Does <laughs> oh, it get any weirder than that? It does, yeah. It's 2021, man. But oh man, <laughs> yeah, they they don't like each other. The teams don't like each other, and unfortunately, they're getting the better end of it. But you know, they're, they're also a more experienced team at this point, and, and they have had more success. I mean, just think about it. Like think about a player like Rem Pitlick, who played, who spent some time with the Chicago Wolves already this season, and then he gets called up, and now he's playing against essentially the organization. He was kind of just playing for. It's just it's, I can't wrap my head around how crazy that is. I know, I, I know it's for a good cause, and I get why they had to do it. I'm not against it, obviously, because I want to see our our prospects get all the development they can get. It, but it's just I, it's so wild to me to even think about it. What, how that affects them playing in a way yeah. like it's just crazy. Um, going back to the first game, dude, Eckholm is putting in some work right now in place of Romeosi. Matias Eckholm put in 28 minutes of ice time in the first game on Tuesday. That is up there. That's mm-hmm. that's right up there with how much Yossi normally plays. I'll have to look up how much ice time he put in tonight. But you want to talk about a player who's really increased his trade value. And now we're seeing yeah. – uh, Colin shared it in the group tonight. You're seeing these rumors about Matias Eckholm being linked to the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's I mean, not the first team. time – that's not the first time I've actually seen Eckholm to the Flyers as being tossed around. Um, that's just looking more and more likely. And Eckholm is really doing a lot to increase his value right now. I mean, the guy is just carrying this team in a lot of ways. So you want to know how much many minutes he had tonight? It might surprise you. He's actually not the defensive. Defense I was, good. I was in the process of looking it up, but lay it on me. How 24 much? minutes and 13 seconds. And then Alex wow, Carrier okay. had uh, 25 minutes and 16 seconds. So, oh, wow. Those, those two were the ones that held it down. But I mean, he, I, know he they were the, about, I know they were the top pairing tonight, which is he, crazy yeah. to think. Your top D pairing was Matias Ekholm and Alexander Carrier. That's insane. And he's one of the only veterans other than Benning and Benning really – Benning, I mean, Benning did 21 minutes, 17 seconds. But, I mean, Ekholm is the, the most experienced vet in the system. And he has, he has to shoulder the load until we get Ellis, until we get jo- Yossi and, and, and Fabro back. And talk about this experience, this invaluable experience. We keep using that term, invaluable experience. Talk about the invaluable experience for Carrier, getting to play alongside oh, yeah. Ekholm. I mean, he yeah. you, you got to think Carrier has got a good chance to be a, a future defensive mm-hmm. – Player, going. We're about to let's get into our next segment. Actually, right now, it's a perfect segue, and that's what do we see this roster looking like next season? We're going to kind of like, uh, kind of speculate because obviously we don't know for sure, and there's a lot of changes that are getting ready to happen in just a couple weeks, most likely. Uh, but let, and, and you got the expansion draft to navigate through still, so mm-hmm. there's a lot that still has to happen. But, but we're going to kind of like toss it around uh, again. You're listening to the Catfish Nice Podcast, episode 26, presented by DraftKings. And we're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So if you got some other teams in the NHL that you like, 
Go browse all the podcasts that the Hockey Podcast Network has to offer. Go to their website and, and browse all their shows. There are so many good podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network to check out. So we're we're just so proud to, to be a part of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, our next segment here, we're going to talk about what we think the 2021-22 uh, season is going to look like. And bringing up uh, Carrier just now, I think this guy, as he develops the rest of this season, I think they need to leave this guy in there. Even if when Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis come back and Fabro come back, I still want to see Carrier on that on the third pairing um, more often. Uh, I I kind of I agree with you. I almost want to see him and Davies. Davies has you can a switch weird... him out. You can switch him out. I think you can switch him I, out. I wouldn't even mind them together. I mean, Davies offensively, they both bring some things. Davies has some sneaky offensive skill that there are flashes of it that you see. You're like, okay, this is what we were talking about when we first traded for him and got him in that trade about the potential that's there. But between the two of them, they both are pretty offensively minded, but they play some pretty smart defense too. If they can just get Mm -hmm. the speed of the game, those two could be a really fun pairing to watch for the future. And and that's something I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm hoping you got to think. You got to think they're only going to get better as the season progresses uh conventional thinking you would think yeah. uh just based off what they're showing already and like you said jeremy davies his second nhl game tonight and i mean he looks comfortable out there he really does yeah. he doesn't look like he's uh uh you know you know pressured by the bright lights uh sorry i got a little tongue tied there but uh he's not pressured by the bright lights he's he's taking it and he looks like he's ready to go of course davies came over in the pk suban trade with the New Jersey Devils, for uh, people who don't remember that. He's a little bit of an unknown commodity as a prospect when he came in that trade. But he's looking like, you know, he could end up being a, end up down the road being a very valuable piece in that trade when we look all the way back on it, you know, yeah. way after the fact. Yeah, I think with the way the season's going, play all those young guys. I mean, absolutely. This is, this is, this is, this is good learning for them for next season. You got to you got to start healthy scratching some of these players who you don't honestly see on your team next season anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. Like even if like if Borbieski's hurt, I know he went out or whatever, but if he's hurt, like leave those guys in. I would even even when he comes back, leave them in. I mean, well, got to have it. I'm thinking that for the next game with uh, you know with Fabro still being out, unless Yossi or Ellis can come back. It's a uh, it's all Freddie Allard time. I'm I'm calling it right now. And there's no, and that this is why there's a lot. I wrote I wrote an article today about it. This is why there is still a reason to have a lot of optimism about the future of the Preds, and maybe they can get mm-hmm. through this rebuild quicker than you think. Yeah, I mean they've got a lot of really good pieces, especially defensively right now that are coming up. And I think there was an article written. Uh, gosh, try to look it up by somebody because I want to give them credit for it. Uh where basically John Hines came out and said um, one of the reasons it's been so hard to sort through this roster is there are so many good young players. And so we don't want to get into another Hines segment because we did, we've, we've already, we'll be, we'll be here till two in the morning if we start another John Hines segment. But I did find that interesting when I read that, that, uh, that he said that. Yeah. I mean, you look at tonight, like tonight we're playing Trenton, Pitlick, Olivier, Tolmanen, uh, we had McCarron, and then Harper, Davies, Carriers. So that's the eight guys right there. And so of, we haven't even gotten to guys like Tomasino and for guys huh. like Frederick Allard. Uh, I mean, there, there's so much that we've never – We at first we thought, okay, we're not that deep, but we really kind of have added and really increased our depth over the last couple of years. That gets us in a lot – you know, a much better situation down the road. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just need time. And, you know, some of these guys – I mean, even Allard, I think, deserves a chance. Sometimes I even think, you know, I was kind of questioning, like, 
why Harper Davies one of large sitting right there on the taxi squad. He's been playing really well so far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So just talking about the what we think the lineup might look like next season. I mean, let's 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 go ahead and say that Eckholm's pretty much gone. Let, let's go ahead and, and throw that out there. Um, that leaves a, a that leaves a spot right right there in the starting lineup for one of these guys. Um, it's that's what the rest of this season is going to be about: is these players proving, hey, I'm a part of your future. Once we get through this trade deadline, I'm the one you're going to want to take you through this rebuild. That's what these. That's what these young players are playing for right now. And so that's going to be really intriguing to watch. Even if the Preds aren't good and they're out of contention, that's going to give you a reason to watch this team for the rest of the season is you're going to see a lot of hungry young players playing for 2021-22 on this team. And if not on this team, maybe on another team. But Jeremy Davies is a big one in the middle of that. Ren Pitlick's in in that conversation. I think Ellie Tolvanen's already cemented on this team for next season, no matter how he Mm -hmm. plays. Uh, yeah, he's already done that, but I definitely, I definitely think uh, Pitlick, uh, Ben Harper, Alexander Carrier, uh, Jeremy Davies, and any other uh, Trennan uh, and Olivier are players that are really playing their butts off right now because they want to be a part of this rebuild going into next season. Well, and I think it speaks volumes that we see Jer- the likes of Jeremy Davies and Ellie Tolman consistently on that top power play line. And not the second, but the top, the first unit for the power play. It's because those guys have some they have some flash to them. And we haven't seen that, at least not this season, other than outside of Forsberg and maybe some occasional players that have those moments of brilliance. So they're refreshing. I mean, even told me tonight, gosh, he came so close. I mean, the guy, the guy is just the talent's all there. It's he was crashing, yeah, he was crashing, he was crashing the net systems, almost hit him with an open net. Yeah. Just, the pass was just a little bit off. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see uh, like players like uh, Cal Yarncrook. I don't think Cal Yarncrook makes it over to next year. I don't um, think I so think either. Arvison's been named in some packages. So I think RV might be on the way out, unfortunately. Um, those are kind of the, the, the big three. And, you know, those those two and then Ekholm. I, I don't want to see Ekholm leave, but I don't think it's going to be getting better. Well, yeah. that rumor that rumor about Ekholm to Philadelphia was included Arvidsson. Yep. Yeah. For, for gossip. What, what was the name of that? Broad Street Buzz or Broad Street Hockey? Broad Street was, Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. So and um, it's, you know, that's just a rumor, but you know, it was for it was for Ekholm, Arvidsson, for Gossip Bear and Gustafson, and some draft. Picks. Which I mean, that's not a bad package. No. On our end. To no, get back. No. That's really not a bad package. The only yeah, thing about you to think about is the twenty twenty one draft is not looking right. so great it, for talent. It, it's a and very, very it's it's a very um like well, it's a they, mucky draft class. Like there's really no one setting themselves up apart like this past draft class with Lafreniere, who was yeah. basically like set apart. And the last draft class we just watched was very top heavy. You had tons of stars. You had Quentin Byfield up there, you had uh Stutzel up there, you had so many good prospects who you knew. We're yeah. going to instantly – you don't see that in this draft class. Well, and out. if you trade to a contender like you know Philadelphia, they're probably not going to – they're going to be picking later in the round anyways, so that's a, that's a little bit tough to watch. Another one that I was kind of like interested in, we didn't, I didn't see any details in the package, but the Canadians have expressed interest in Ekholm. So maybe yes. they still think that, that they've got that, that chance. Yeah, that was the other team I was, that was escaping me that I've, that I've seen linked to Ekholm is the Montreal Canadiens. And so here – I do got to say this. I don't think the Preds are going to be a, a playoff team next year, obviously – but I don't think they're, they're going to necessarily be as bad as some people think they're going to be. I think they can get through this rebuild quicker than maybe we think. Call me an optimist, but that's kind of how I see it. And it's, a lot of it has to do with these prospects. And, and, and a lot of it also has to do with we have struck, struck some gold and found something with our power play. 
Yeah. Didn't really get mm-hmm. a lot of chances on the power play tonight, but it's showing me something. And if you build around Philip Forsberg and uh, you get into a more normal season next year, mm-hmm. I don't think the Preds are necessarily going to be like a Detroit Red Wings where they're just awful and they're like they're going through like a four or five year rebuild. I think if they maneuver this through this right the right way, make some smart trades, which let's hope GM David Poyle has some tricks left up his sleeve. Uh, <laughs> You know, then yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he can pull off some magic here and we can get through this rebuild a lot quicker and next season won't be as painful as a lot of us are are fearful that it is going to be. Plus, you won't have to meet Tampa Bay eight times. Oh, my gosh. Tampa Bay, can you just go back to the East already? We're so, That's what I we're so tired. That's what I say. Oh, man. I yeah, so look for, the, for next season, like – it's a sad time, right? Oh, Landry, Landry just t- told me to shut my mouth uh, for a second. So, oh, did he? Uh, so I'm going to take his advice, and I'm going to shut my mouth for a second, and I'm going to let you yeah. guys talk. Uh, Mike Twitter said, okay, Preds, post games off the air. All eyes now shift to the Catfish on Ice podcast. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Yeah. That's a tough act to follow. So you're kind of putting some pressure it on is. us. Because the Preds, yeah, the Preds, Fox Sports, Tennessee team, do, they, yeah. they do a freaking great job. So. I, I, I can barely string together a cohesive sentence. So, you know. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Mike Twitter because he did uh, mention the shirt I'm wearing. It's from Tony Kemp's uh, Plus One Effect campaign. So Tony is a good guy. I've known him since – Vandy boys, Vandy boys. Grade. Yeah, if you're a Vandy fan, he's he's those Vandy all, boys. I know all about Tony Kemp. All utility. Shout out players, to Tony so. Kemp. He's yeah. doing well. He's in spring training with the A's right now. He's he's hanging in there, hopefully getting a spot at second base. But yes, sir. But yeah. so, so Rich, <laughs> Rich, how do you how do you feel going into 21-22, assuming that we see some of these players like Ekholm aren't, aren't on the team anymore? I know you've you've been very vocal about the goaltender situation. Do you mm-hmm. think maybe we can? I know this sounds so cruel. But do you think we could maybe talk Pecorine into coming back for one more season, uh, or do you think do you think Pecorine's might be like, hey, I, it's time for me to to hang my gloves up here? I yeah. When you look at it, it's kind of like, does he want to hang around for a rebuild? That's a big hey. That's a big part about how we're going to speculate next season in this segment right now is what does yeah. our goaltender situation look like? Yeah, it is such it is such a mess and so much uncertainty surrounding our goaltenders with DC Soros. Pecorine, Connor Ingram, Casimir Casasuo, and it's all for different reasons. It's, yeah. it's not like, you know, they've all got their own set of circumstances going on right now. So yeah. that has a big part of what we think this team can do next season is obviously you have to have some consistency and stability in net, which the Preds yeah. have had for almost the entire length right. of them being a franchise. Like yeah. I put out to, I put out today real quick before you go, Rich, put out, Perfect. I just put out during that game, uh, Casasuo get, getting into the game tonight uh, for Rene after it was oh, five yeah. nothing. Well, he mm-hmm. was the first goaltender to appear for the Preds since 2016 uh, in December of 2016 when uh, when Mazinek played for the Preds that in five games that season. That's so uh, they've had they've always had stability in net with Pecorine mostly with UC Soros. Before that, you had Dan Ellis, you had Chris Mason. You had some. You had Thomas Vokun. They've always had very stability in net. I'm not sure we have that going into next season. Yeah. Not. So that's that's what's what's bad. We talked about it in the preseason about how we need Saros to just come out and dominate and be on fire, and it just hasn't happened. I mean, I know the team's got you know way more problems than just that, but like, are you guys? Do you feel confident in him for next? I season? don't. I don't feel confident in Saros at all. My my confidence. And it's not all on him, but I think some no. of it's. I feel like some of it might be mental, 
And can you blame the guy? For yeah. what, for, I mean, he's been through – he's had he's has tons of horrible luck. Yeah, so, so when Connor – when Connor Ingram, like when he comes back, like it was the the, the long term plan was to always have Sorrow start and Connor Ingram be the backup. Yep. But now, like when Ingram comes back, like we don't even know if Soros is going to be worthy of the starting position. So now they're going to have to go find a a veteran goaltender somewhere and have Soros be the backup. So I, it, I just, that's, that's the scariest part about the that's whole all thing the more that's all that's all the more reason to be getting these reps for Cascasua right now while you can. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, you do exactly. find maybe you do find something you didn't realize you had. Yeah, I'm well, not, we still don't. We still don't. Oh, go ahead. We still don't know what we have in Connor Ingram either. I mean, once he gets back, the yeah. guy was leading the AHL, the AHL right. in terms of being you know a successful goaltender. He was right on the cusp of deserving, you know, deserving some playing time for us. So, realistically, like this is we can't forget. Like this is Saros's last contract year. It like, is. This is this You're is right. it. So I don't know that we even necessarily bring him back. I know that hurts, especially if we thought of lo- losing potentially Pekka and Soros the same year. That's but right. At the same time, like, you know, no, Soros, I mean, for me, Soros was never going to be your franchise goalie. He was more like a, I, don't, I wouldn't say Vukun. I think Vukun for a while was a franchise, but I love C-Mace, but C-Mace was kind of that guy. He was never going to be the long-term solution. Um, he was going to be in that for a little bit and get, get you to where you needed to, to the next goalie, they to held, that bridge goalie. They held, I think that's a until, they held it down until Pecorine got in there. Exactly. Yeah. I think and that's then, what UC Soros is. He's the hold it down guy until Askarov or someone else comes in. Yeah, but then that's when a, Askarov, that's just, so that's, got so un, that's so unfortunate though that that yeah. Soros has the expectations for Soros has turned into that because I actually was on the other side of it. I was fi- even going back to right before the pause last season. I was still pretty confident that Soros was ready to mm-hmm. to take the reins from so from Pecorine. But now it's it's just I'm just not sure about it. I honestly think someone's going to pay him more money than we're willing to. I just think that's the reality of it. I there's think a lot of people, there's a lot there's a lot of teams out there that are probably still very high on Soros because Soros has a lot of really good tools and he still has a lot of a lot of years left in front of mm-hmm. him. Seattle in this league. Seattle. I, I see yeah. Seattle very much. Seattle would be thr- Seattle would be thrilled to have Soros be their expansion season goalie. Yeah, they would. I agree, and I, I'm kind of a, of the opinion of. I hate to say it, but I would like to see Rene go somewhere where he could maybe get a cup. Uh, that hurts. Oh, that'd be. To that, we would all be. Yeah. We would all be so happy for him if that happened. It's oh, absolutely. Like, it's depending on which team's uniform he's wearing. Let me you know preface what? by saying that. As long as he. Gets I mean, one if, there, I, don't I mean, know. I get it. But if that dude's wearing like a Penguins jersey or a <laughs> a Blackhawks jersey, I might just. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah that's that gonna well. be rough. But I, was, I, I would still, I would still come to my senses and still be happy for him. Yeah. yeah. So now we, so now we've got a, a an issue next season with we don't know who's going to be on the team, and now we're kind of questioning who our goaltender is going to be. So okay, well, let's talk. If, if we're going to talk about next season, let's talk about main players. Let's talk veterans here who we feel pretty good will be on the team. I'm, I'm going to name Roman Yossi, Ryan yeah. Ellis, Fabro. Mm-hmm. Philip Forsberg. As much as people want to get rid of Matt Duchesne, I think Matt Duchesne's here to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. So I think Matt Duchesne will be a big part of the team again next year. I don't think Ryan Johansson's going anywhere because of his contract. I think he'll be back. So you still got some – I think it stops there, though. I'm having trouble thinking of – I'm I'm having trouble thinking of veterans that have been on this team for a while that are going to make it to next season. That's kind of my short list right there. Yeah, I – I agree with that list. Maybe yeah. Romaldi. 
I know we've talked in previous episodes that maybe we think Grimaldi found his niche here and no other, there's no market for him probably. So maybe, but maybe the Preds don't resign. Maybe the Preds, I don't know, could debate with him. I was him. I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> they keeps getting scratched, man. Yeah. He's a he's a glue guy, but I think that in a different coach possibly too could help him out. But and then we have it's it kind of sucks to be lot. And then we signed Granlin to this one year deal because it's like, man, he's he's showing that it was a perfect uh, yeah. deal. I don't think Granlin's going to be back. Granlin's not going to be back. Someone's going to pay him way more money. That's that's uh, that's the reality. Um, but hey, we're leaving out. How did we leave out this one main cog of the team, and that is Lucas Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you left him off the injured list. How did, how did how did how how do we keep glossing over Lucas Spiza? He could be the know. game changer of this whole conversation. He could take yeah. us back to the he could I mean I'm talking hashtag Stanley Cup 2022 because of Lucas Spiza. Yeah. Well, man, what are, what are you drinking? Because I need some of that. I swear it's only water. It's just water. But uh, no, okay. I know there's somebody. Somebody's gonna get in the. Someone's gonna come out and say, "Oh, did you hear this? This dude Chad talking about Lucas Spiza. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It was. It was definitely a joke. I hope you're catching my sarcasm." Landry, Landry just said, "Who that?" For those that don't know, Lucas Spiza is on our <laughs> roster. He has been injured. He's a defenseman that we got off of waivers from uh, the Winnipeg Jets, and so he's also. Know, Pretty sure the only reason we haven't cut him is because he's on the IR. But. Well, he's also Roman Yossi's friend. He, and I think are. that's why he's even on the team. They're country well, didn't, man. He, didn't he play for like one game? He got into one yeah, game. He got, yeah, he, I think he got in one of the first games, the second yeah. game of the season maybe. Yeah, I think the so. second game after quarantine, got injured, yeah. and we haven't seen him since. So yeah, it, almost reminds, it, it, it almost reminds me of last season when we signed Corvinian Holzer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he yeah, only got to play in like two or three games. That yeah, I, mean, I think Holzer spent more time in the penalty box than actually being on the ice for the Preds last season. If you I'm look really at the, if you look at the Preds historical roster, there's so many players that have played like one to three games for the team yeah. entirely that you could make a full roster out of. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. But all right, so 21, 2021, 22 season. I think if they're playing 82 games next season, which we anticipate they will be. I think the Preds come in. They're not going to. I don't see them making the playoffs any, realistically. But I think this the youth of this team has me feeling very, very good about it. I think if we can get a really good coach in here, which we've been talking a lot about coaching candidates, uh, if you get the right uh, leader in that locker room, that's not going to be John Hines. I still think this team could could have a pretty exciting season next season. Watching these young players play, I think they could be a mm-hmm. really fun team to watch. Going through a full off season with these with a new identity and with these younger players, and they're not just throwing together a roster every night. They're actually a set team coming mm-hmm. out of an off a normal off season. Um, I think this can be an exciting team next season. An exciting team doesn't mean I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they can be exciting. I think they can yeah. be fun to watch. Well, that's what um, I was going to say earlier. Is like we're going through some rough times right now, but it's if you think about what's probably going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. It's kind of exciting to think about because there's actually going to be some change. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've been talking for the past three years, almost four years now, and it's it's been the same thing every year. When are they going to do this? When are they going to do that? But now we're actually going to see some change to the team, and we're going to see these young players finally get in, and we've been talking about that for three or four years, and it's the, the mediocrity is going to finally be over, and, and you know, the expectation is not going to be – Oh, you got to go to the cup every year. You got to go win the Stanley Cup every year. It's going to be a building process, and that's kind of exciting. As long as people do realize that we are going to take these ugly losses from night to night with younger players on yeah. the roster, it's just yeah. going to happen. We're we going to will. take these five. We're going to take these five-one 
blows to the head, especially when you're playing really good teams like Carolina. It's just going to happen. It's just it's part of the process. Um, that doesn't mean we're making excuses for Hines or we're trying to make excuses for David Poyle, who they're kind of like 1A and 1B for why we're kind of in this mess to begin with right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're right there, two peas in a pod. I think yeah. when it comes to why we're in this situation, but it's definitely and, not on. It's definitely not on the youth of this roster, that's for sure. Yeah, and another good thing about next year is we won't have this division play. Like when it first came out, I was we like, liked oh, it this first. Is we yeah. like, yeah, we were all about it, man. Yeah, hey, we I, were like, this is going to be neat. Go, go back and play the tape. Go back and play the tape of episode Boom. whatever it was of Catfish and Ice podcast, and I'm sure we were all like, oh yeah, yeah. Rich, this is going to be yeah. awesome. I can't yeah. wait. I think I think if you're succeeding, it's a lot of fun when you're. Oh, like, it if probably you're like, is. If you're the Lightning or even all the way down to Chicago, like yeah, yeah. I love playing these same teams every night. It's kind of like yeah. how we feel good about playing Columbus. Like that, so between, that makes yeah. us feel good. So between Columbus and Carolina, thirteen points separate fifth from first right now. Oof. And it, that's yeah. that's a huge gap. Well, and that's also, what, another yeah. really good stat they shared on the Fox Sports Tennessee broadcast during the game tonight. The Preds are ten and five against everyone not named the Panthers, Lightning, and Hurricanes. Ten and five. I like those numbers. Hey, but playing against these, but these other three teams are their kryptonite. They can't play against these offensively juggernaut type of teams. And so I'm glad they shared that during the broadcast because that that illustrates it perfectly right there when it comes to this all-division schedule and how if you're the, a team like the Preds, you really want to get away from this and you can't wait to go back to a more traditional 82-game schedule where yeah. you get that random game against an Eastern Conference team that maybe doesn't know you very well yeah. and you can uh, get your feet back under you, you know, and, like, you don't get that this season. There's no breaks. There's no breaks. Who made the schedule for March? They need to be fired. They're, they're cruel. I know. We, I, wish, <laughs> I just wish man. we could have had some like some Columbus games sprinkled throughout. Because man, those are such like those those yeah. are pick me ups. Like those. Folks we just, we kind of we kind of got we kind of got to feast on Columbus all at once, and it made us yeah. feel good about ourselves. You know, we won like four or five, I think. We, we had too much turkey. Yeah, we had too much turkey. Couldn't enjoy the. We don't players. even know about Chicago. We really like. Right. We only played Chicago twice, and we, yeah. we beat them. But now they're at playing the, good. At the time, we thought Chicago was horrible, and so we were kind of upset. Believe, believe it or not, we were upset at the time that we had to go to a sh- uh, overtime to beat the Blackhawks. We were all on this show talking about how we were like, yeah, we got the win, but we weren't very pleased with it. Now we look back on it now and think, man. Two yeah. points is two points, baby. Yeah, like for now, it's like we'll do it any way we can. But, um, what about you guys? So I'm kind of thinking the Preds are like an 80-ish point team next season. They'll be exciting, fun to watch, but definitely not a playoff team. Are you guys kind of with me on that, or do you think it's going to be a little bit worse? you think maybe they're going to be a last-place team? I think 80 to, 80 to mid-80s is the, the, the ceiling. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. optimistic, cautiously optimistically say that. Okay. Yeah. I like your um, – I like what we said about hopefully the rebuild won't take as long because I heard um, Adam Bingen – talk about he interviewed some people like some ex-gms and they were saying realistically it's like a three to five year process it's hard to rebuild in hockey it's it's really hard to rebuild in hockey it's a long process he said that's if you do it right and don't cheat by trying to sign somebody like like uh taylor hall or jack eichel or one of those guys if you do it the right way that long but hopefully hopefully it won't take that long but who knows all right so that's good so that's kind of what we see as a long as the short term future going into next season, uh, of course we still have the expansion draft, which we're going to talk more about that as it gets closer throughout the season. Um, 
And then the trade deadline's coming up on April 12th, and we're all expecting the trades to start happening a couple weeks before the actual deadline because players do have to quarantine when they go to their new teams and stuff. So, I mean, the dominoes are really going to start falling here, falling here pretty soon. Those, so reason those rumors are picking up. We're definitely yep. ready for it. And it's going to yep. be one of those things where you're just going to wake up one day and it's, it's just going to move fast. So we're ready for it. So let's yep. go into our next segment, which is let's, let's talk about, okay. So we all got to have, we're all hockey fans here and we, we want to have someone to root for uh, going into the playoffs. I do it all the time in sports. If my team's not in it, I pick a new team to cheer for uh, yep. just so I have some rooting interest. And so uh, Colin, how about you give us like a team or two? We were like, okay, and it could be from any division or any conference, but just a team or two that you've like, you're like, man, I really want to see this team do well, or it'd be really cool to see this team win a win a Stanley Cup this season. I like the players on their team, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, I gotta go first with uh, I'm from Arizona, originally born in Arizona, so the Coyotes. Um, you know, they're right, they're outside on the outside looking in right now in the West Division, but uh, love to see them kind of come up and, and do something good. I just love the reverse retros too. As yeah. an old school Diamondbacks fan, those, those purples are awesome. Those purples are pretty awesome. So that, that's that's my my probably my secondary team. Other than that, I would say I've got two others that are they're kind of close and they're for different reasons. Uh, the Islanders are on fire, and I love seeing that for Trots. So I want to see Trots mm-hmm. get another one. Like, I just it's a good one. Good good guy, good family. Love to see him succeed. Uh, and then you know Philly. I, I love Gritty. I want to see. I want to see Gritty hoist the cup. So that's where I'm at right. with those. Okay. What about yeah. you, Rich? Well, I'm going to have an unpopular second favorite team. Uh, it's Uh-oh. the Bruins. It's the Bruins. Oh, no, I, I support that. Craig I think have a problem with well, that. I know, I know a lot of people don't like them as a Marchand or whatnot, but I mean, I started watching watching them as well, and I just I really like. The, their top line of Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. I think they're like one of the best in the NHL. And I really liked Chara, and I know he plays for the Capitals now, but I really liked him a lot. But um, them, and then out of the Central, I really I'm rooting for if it can't be Predators, obviously for Carolina. Out of all the teams, they're they're the one that I like the most out of out of all those guys. Okay. So, um, all right, yeah. So, so you know. those are some good teams. I don't have a problem with any of those picks. So my team, I think they've got a really good chance if they close this uh, the rest of this month out really strong. and um, But they haven't lost yet this season. That's the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really pulling for the Thrashers. Um, they, they've been one. through a lot. They've been through a lot. They, they haven't played many games recently, but they haven't lost either. So, um, okay, okay, I'm sorry. The, the I'm sorry. All right. Hartford. All right. <laughs> All right, so I'll take the Thrashers out of this. Okay, Thrashers, they're probably not going to win it because they're not actually playing any games. They don't even exist anymore, so I'll take oh, them they, off. I'll they, take them they off. exist. They're just in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take them off the table. No, I'm talking the real. I'm talking the old school Atlanta Thrashers. But yes, you are right. They're the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets, and no, I'm not pulling for the Winnipeg Jets. So absolutely not. We'll just take my ill attempted no. humor away on that one. But <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, I actually do have an unpopular pick here, and it's the team we just played. I actually really do like the Carolina Hurricanes. Before yep. they came into this division, I've, I've thought they were a really fun team to watch for the past couple of years. They've done it the right way. They're 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 just building up. I love their head coach, Brenda Moore. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that dude. He's he's a really good players coach. That's the type of coach the, the Predators need going into next season is a, a good players coach that that's just business-like mentality. Um, so some fire, it's, it, it's weird. To, it's weird to say that because we just got spanked by them. We've gotten spanked by them all season and they're in our division. 
Obviously, I'm not going to cheer for the Hurricanes when they're playing the Preds no matter what. But if the Hurricanes end up making the playoffs, it, I, I, it's going to be an easy team for me to cheer for. Mm-hmm. I just so, I, I think they're a fun, a really fun brand of hockey. For for the sake of diversity here, since we haven't none of us have named one, would we say our, our Canadian team is Montreal because of Shea Weber? Oh, absolutely. That's easy. Yeah, so, I think Toronto, so. Tor- Toronto's too too much of a bandwagon right now. Edmonton, eh. Winnipeg, definitely not. So yeah, I really I gotta go with Montreal just for Shea Weber. I want to see him win a cup. I would have Edmonton, never, never Calgary or Ottawa. I would have Edmonton <laughs> no. second on that list. I would have Edmonton second on that list because they're such a storied traditional franchise, and it would be really cool to see them yeah. win one again. And I do like Connor McDavid. I think they're they're very good uh, representatives of the league. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they, uh, as being superstars of the league, I think Connor McDavid is a really good superstar for this league. And so Dreisaitl. And Dreisaitl, of course. So, I mean, that'd be a cool team to see win it all if we're going Canada division. But definitely Shea Weber. That'd be amazing. Yeah. If And you want to talk about the ratings for the NHL? If uh, if, if one of those uh, traditional old-school Canadian teams can make the Stanley Cup, oh, man, mm-hmm. the NHL would eat that up. They'd love it. Any of the original six, they'd love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let's, let's give our teams we definitely don't want to see in there. And that's – you know it's obvious. We don't want to see Pittsburgh in there. We don't. We mm-hmm. definitely don't want to see Chicago Blackhawks get back up there. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't have a problem with Tampa Bay, and I really don't mm-hmm. have a problem with them now because they are a great team. But I don't want to. It's kind of like I, I make the same argument in all sports. I want to see a new team win it. I don't want to see a team. Uh, I, I'm just not crazy about dynasties unless it's my own favorite team because it yeah. just I, I think it gets kind of boring after a while. But it, it, Tampa has a really good chance to become the new dynasty, kind of mm-hmm. like what the Blackhawks were, um, you know, uh, like around, you know, early 2010s when the Blackhawks were going on their dynasty. I feel like the Tampa Bay Lightning have a good chance to go on a run like that. They're they're that stacked. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to see Dallas. I don't want no. to see the, uh, uh, that's I mean, because they they still have a lot of games left to play. So it's like we don't really fully know who they are yet. I don't want to see St. Louis either. St. No. Louis is not second no. spot in the West. Don't want to see it. No, no. St. Louis, Chicago, uh, the, the Jets, Pittsburgh, the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I, don't yeah. Like I don't like Buffington. I don't like Buffington. That's just, that's yeah. I I still have a bad taste in my mouth from three years ago, so I, I don't want to see the Winnipeg succeed. What about Colorado? I would I wouldn't have a huge problem with Colorado. No, no. I'd be I'd be like, they're another fun team. I'd, I'd be okay with the Capitals too. I'd yeah. be alright with Washington. It's just sad that we're having. Ha- it is kind of sad, and unfortunate, <laughs> we're having to have this segment because we like, wish we. We'd be able to be talking more about how great the Preds are playing, but the segments like the uh, the meme where like Squidward's looking out the window and Patrick and uh Patrick yeah. and, and they're uh, all having Spud fun running, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's kind of feels yeah. like what we are right yeah. now. Like we're watching everybody yeah. else well, have hey, fun. But and... Hey, we have to we have to we have to come to grips with reality here. We do, and we're not we going to quit watching hockey just because the Preds um, are out of it. I, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to be fun to watch when we get to them. Yeah, and so uh, hockey playoffs are always. I, I think they're the most exciting playoffs in all sports. Agreed. Yeah. I really do. I mean, so it's fun to throw those teams out there. Uh, yep. And so we all got some teams that we gave you reasons to cheer for. We're going to go into our last segment of the night of the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 26. If you haven't gotten the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go get it. Get in on this March Madness fun. Go bet on an underdog. Uh, it's safe to say the Preds are an underdog from here on out pretty much. And so, uh, so on that note, go bet on an underdog in March Madness. It'll make a – all the basketball action just that much more exciting and use our promo code THP and you can win $256 on a $4 bet if your underdog wins. So those are some good odds there. So we're going to let Colin lead off this segment because we're going to talk about this groundbreaking news that came out 
with the NHL and ESPN reaching what was a seven-year deal, right, Colin? Yep. Seven-year deal. Yep. So go into the details. Give us all the rundown on this massive, huge deal with NHL yeah. and ESPN. Yeah. So, and I, I gotta stop, I gotta say something real quick because we're about to talk about streaming too. But uh, my wife mentioned going back to the last episode. Uh, episode was twenty-five for mm-hmm. us when we we're talking about shows like streaming. I forgot to mention one of our our newest favorites, uh, Ted oh. Lasso. So, oh like, yeah, I'm going to put that twice. one out there. I've watched it's, it twice. It's, it's, so it's good. awesome. Even if you're not a soccer fan, it's awesome. Jason Stokes right. kills it. But getting into some streaming stuff here. So uh, they told made a huge move. Um, they, they basically have doubled their broadcast revenue overnight uh, as far as when this deal takes into effect, which is next season. Um, but the NHL deal currently with MPC as far as exclusive national broadcast rights is at $200 million. They just signed a deal, a seven-year deal with ESPN that is – semi-exclusive and i'll kind of get into that but it's valued at 400 million per year annually so that's automatically doubling the amount right there 2.8 billion over the course of seven years um it's huge for the league in terms of just the revenue stream but it also gives them a lot of wiggle room because they can still do things with nbc so you know the the, the uh, espn abc kind of the house of mouse side of it is that they're going to be getting um so national broadcasts a lot of the national broadcasts they're going to be getting the all-star game the all-star skills challenge part of the stanley cup playoffs uh, I believe the Stanley Cup final in, in certain given years, kind of like how the Super yeah. Bowl alternates. Mm-hmm. Um, NBC, theoretically, could still get some outdoor games. So you could still see some Winter Classics. Uh, if we take this Tahoe thing and run with it, or any of these outdoor games, uh, run with those, you can see those uh, still on NBC. Um, you can see a number of different things still going to NBC because they're still going to be – they're trying to keep at least a little bit of broadcasting. It's just going to be on the main network or possibly USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so – that's one part of it. Another part of it is the streaming side of it. So for fans that have been frustrated, especially if you are trying to cut the cord like so many are, I know myself in our household, we've, we've tried that. We are a, a YouTube TV family. Um, it's hard to get the games because all the uh, what we call regional sports networks or RSNs uh, used to be on those streaming services. Those con- That contract expired this year for four of the big ones. So Sling TV, Hulu TV, um, YouTube TV and Fubo. So all four of those streaming services lost uh, broadcast rights for the RSNs because of Sinclair Media Group. They asked for a, a very a very steep increase in price uh, for these companies to pay that would have been passed on to the consumer. So people have been frustrated because you can't see the games on the regional sports networks. That's the kind of networks you watch with uh, Willie D and Chris Mason. So uh, that's been a, a source of frustration for some. There's a workaround to that and a workaround that has existed up until this year has been AHL.TV's packages. Um, you can pay $79.99 or anywhere between there from there to $100 to watch just the Preds play, uh, depending on the year. If you start midseason, it's usually it's not COVID. a bad deal. No, it's not a bad deal at all. No, and then, then if you want to get an all NHL pass to see all NHL market games, I think it's like 125 to 155, somewhere in that price range. So it's it's not a bad deal, but that deal is getting better because of this ESPN House of Mouse NHL deal because all out of market games are moving to ESPN Plus, and so ESPN Plus is an awesome deal because it's either 6.99 or 9.99 depending on uh, what you're going to be paying for in terms of your package. You can also bundle it with Hulu and Disney Plus. So if you're a Disney Plus subscriber uh, or Hulu subscriber, you got both of those. Um, $19.99 is basically what you pay for two streaming services and you get three plus you get ESPN plus, but all of those packages, all those games that used to be out of network that you could watch uh, through NHL are going to be on ESPN's platform. So nice. very familiar platform for about at least, at least minus half the cost, um, possibly even more depending on you know, how many games we play next season. So when you break it down per game, it, it's a great value for the fans 
Oh, uh, it, it's Sports Center. I mean, you just you look at the the brand side of things. NBC Sports, it's it's a reputable brand. Nothing touches ESPN. No. Nothing and, touches. And, no, of course not. And then also, I think what's really awesome about this deal is uh, now ESPN is obviously going to start shifting more of their attention towards NHL hockey. Now, like you won't just get these like quick little highlights. You're actually going to get more in depth coverage. They actually already kind of talked about that. How they plan on doing that moving yeah. in more uh, NHL-based content onto the network, onto the ESPN. So that's awesome. Then you got another thing that I really love about this is you're going to grow the sport. You're going to get more people mm-hmm. who don't know much about hockey. Maybe that they're, maybe they're going to see how amazing this sport is because it is going to be on ESPN. ESPN is just on TVs everywhere. It's on all this. It's, it's usually on all those sports bars. Whereas NBC Sports Network, Unless they're just a hockey bar and they're playing, catering to a certain team, generally NBC Sports Network's not going to be on TV. So even if a hockey game's on in the background in like a sports bar or something like that, I see it from that perspective. You're going to get more eyeballs on the sport. Yeah. They wouldn't have usually seen it. Now's the time to do it too, because I mean, you look at the statistics uh, nationally, the fastest growing sport between the 18 and 29 year old demographic. And this is why the House of Mouse, ESPN, all those guys, ABC did this. It's hockey. Hockey is the fastest growing sport in terms of viewership and content engagement. Um, and then in terms of play, it's since 2012, hockey has not seen a decline whatsoever in youth involvement. It's been a steady increase, and we're actually mm-hmm. a pretty sharp trajectory upwards because not only is the men's game growing, but so is the women's game. So mm-hmm. you got boys and girls starting to play hockey at younger ages and getting more and more involved. It's getting to be more of an accessible game. That's one of the good things about the growth of the league is as the league grows, you see things like the Ford Ice Center, building two Ford Ice Centers in the Middle Tennessee area and growing the game in Middle Tennessee. That was unheard of in 1998. Um, and even 2004 when the, the when the league left ESPN. So getting it to be on ESPN, getting it to be on a pivotal network at like ABC, um, you know, getting it on all these networks, even ESPN2 is going to be huge just mm-hmm. to get some exposure and grow the audience, grow the fan base, uh, but to grow the game. And then the revenue stream. The revenue, I mean, right off the bat, like I said, it's, it's doubling their broadcast revenue overnight so you look at what that's going to do to our cap space i mean now is not a bad time to be rebuilding if you're about to realize that you're going to get a cap increase probably of about 33 to 66 percent but depending on the deal and how it shakes out uh, to player salaries so that's gonna it could make things i will say i didn't include this in the article could make things very interesting when they renegotiate the uh the player um the player contracts or the player um agreement with the union the players union because the players union is now going to see this and go Okay, there's more money to be had. Mm-hmm. Where's it coming for us? Where's it coming back in yeah. the cap and our our salaries? But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. In the meantime, it's going to help us out to grow the game and to to grow the teams. And for the for National Predators specifically, like that you'll you're you'll be hard pressed to find a brand in in professional sports, not even just hockey, but professional sports has positioned itself as well as the National Predators brand has done. Um, and Say what you want about the coach. Say what you want about the general manager. But the team that works in marketing and the team that works in brand management and, and that, fan engagement and the community engagement, I, they're fantastic. So and, this is going to be huge. And, and up until up, you know, definitely after coming out of the Stanley Cup final, you built a lot of fans across the country who aren't even mm-hmm. from Nashville. Yep. See, back when they were back, back before COVID happened and people were packing arenas, the Preds were starting to become one of those teams that had a really good fan present presence in other arenas. And yep. so, just like you said, it's great for a team like the Preds who have great branding strategy, great marketing strategy. Um, I think it's just great for everyone involved. Rich, kind of, how do you feel about it? Oh, it's great. I'm I'm excited to see the sport grow, and 
just have more access for everybody. Hopefully we'll get some more fans. Um, I'm really excited. Maybe they'll do like a, a Mickey Mouse night for the Preds and like <laughs> they'll wear like they'll have like Mickey Mouse ears on their helmets or something. Oh, okay. You're really thinking outside the box now. Yeah. Some jerseys. They'll do those warm up. Mickey Mouse and, jerseys. I do yeah. know the, the production value will be a heck of a lot better than it was in 2004. I will say that. Yeah, so absolutely. That's well, what then, forward to. And then, of course, you've got you've got the nostalgic ESPN mm-hmm. theme music. Yeah, we don't okay. have rights to the theme music, so we're not going to play it for the show. Yeah. But What's everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> the ESPN theme music for hockey is like I get I got chills down my spine when I heard it the other day for the first time in forever. So that's I'll, awesome. I'll, I want to say one thing about ESPN though, showing the games. And it's it's from the transition from NBC to ESPN. ESPN, look right into the camera. Yes, give us a shots on goal counter, and do not take that thing off the TV. Yeah. One thing I'll give, hey, so one thing <laughs> I'll give to, a big thing I'll give to ESPN. I think they do the best out of all the networks when it comes to live graphics when you're watching yes. a game. Yeah. When it comes to like updating, like how much how many points a player has during the game, or throwing showing different kind of stats and stuff. I think ESPN does the best job with all that. So I'm excited to see how they yeah. brand it. How they brand yeah. uh, mm-hmm. NHL on on their TV screens when you're watching a live live game? That's going to be really cool to see. And uh, they put some pressure on some of these RSNs too, so hopefully they lower the prices and can see yeah. more of it across streaming platforms too. I think it's good across the board for that. It's a great yeah. thing all the way around. Um, I can't understand why anyone wouldn't like this. It wouldn't make sense to me at all. So uh, great stuff, great day for the sport. Yeah. Uh, the more people who start watching this sport, the better. I know we got those niche hockey fans out there that want to keep it a niche sport. They want to keep people out. That just doesn't make sense. Come on now, people. Yeah. It's, too the, it's too we fun. Want, we want this yeah. sport to grow. We want the excitement to grow around it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are diehard sports fans and they don't consider hockey anything more than a niche sport. We don't want that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, to the diehard fan, to the, the real you know, hockey fans, like, you think about it in comparison to other sports. I mean, NFL's got its thing, and NFL is the king, and we'll give them that. But, you know, even America's pastime, baseball, you got to dedicate three and a half hours just to watch a game. Right. Hockey, two hours tops, and it never the action never stops. There's never a pitch count. You know, there's, you're not waiting for a pitcher to decide what kind of curveball he wants to throw. It just It's going and going and going. I mean, this I is this Gen Z millennial sports Toronto. right here. To round out the to round out this agreement, and I think we all feel the same way. It's going to grow a lot more fans over time oh, I hope so. than this deal. It, it's just a no brainer. So great job, I, great job. I hope I get some fans around me because, like, I live in a hockey wasteland. <laughs> I'm stuck in well I'm stuck hey, in the basketball, um, college basketball. You know, UK U of L. That's that's what Kentucky's all about. There's no yeah, really, no hockey up here at all. Yeah, you really are in, a, in an area where it's pretty much college basketball and yep. really what – and the NFL – I guess the NFL up there is just kind of a melting pot, I guess. It's all kinds yeah, of different fans. Yeah, you get your Bengals and your Titans. Ugh, so that's Bengals. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew a lot of uh, Predators fans on Living Louisville. I think that it's kind of it's – it's very niche, but it, I knew yeah. a good amount. It's like you got to look for them. It's like, oh, yeah. you like hockey too? Well, it helps our jerseys gold, so people can point it out and pick out pretty easily. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So you've listened to episode 26 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Another episode's in the books. We appreciate everyone that watched the live stream tonight and follow us on Twitter. For everyone who's going to download the podcast uh, when we put it out tomorrow, we appreciate you as well. If you haven't yet, go uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, Definitely download the podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, We appreciate all the support and all the love as this podcast continues to grow. Uh, everyone's been really kind to us and, and engaging with us as we 
give you each episode. So we really appreciate all of our listeners and followers. We really can't thank you enough for following along with us. So for Chad Minton and Colin Bloon and Rich Howe, we're going to head out for the night. Uh, we're going to reset the deck, get ready for this weekend. we got to get ready. We got to get ready for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll bring you episode, we'll bring you episode twenty-seven next week to hopefully maybe talk about an upset win, or maybe we'll just keep talking about teams we're going to cheer for. Outside of friends, hopefully not. But um, until then, everyone stay safe and take care. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time on the Catfish and Ice Podcast. See ya. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion, hosting Red Wings Rent, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras in Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like Who's That, Who's that Pokemon? Pokemon? Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion.